as I said at the beginning of Mass, our trip to Washington, D.C. For the, for the March for Life was truly a pilgrimage. It was a beautiful, beautiful trip, a beautiful time. One of the things that we do every year for the trip, though, is on the way up, uh, we don't stop for lunch. We ask that everybody bring a brown bag lunch. So for me, it's become kind of a tradition over the last six or so years when I go that the night before, I'll go to Subway and I'll pick up a sandwich, just make sure that I got my lunch all set up and ready, ready to go. So on Sunday, I had gone to a confirmation uh, to serve as somebody's sponsor, going to a little reception afterwards, and I, had to, I knew I had to go to Subway. When I walked into Subway, the guy behind the counter kind of looked at me, kind of peculiar, like, kind of with like a strange face. Usually I get that because I'm wearing a collar and people aren't used to seeing a priest walk into a subway at 8.30 at night, and they're kind of like, kind of thrown off a little bit. But I could tell he wasn't looking at me because I was a priest. You see, at the reception I was at, we had watched the Saints game. I know, ooh, oh, mm. Still, still tender, gotcha. But when I walked in, I had a sweatshirt on. And on my shirt, I had a fleur-de-lis, a little saint sweatshirt. And the guy looked at me, and he said, so you watch that game? Yeah, I watched that game. He said, man, I was so upset. I said, yeah, it was, you know, it happens. Guy missed a tackle. He should have made it. It happens. Oh, well. He said, man, I threw my phone. I broke it. And I was only listening to it on the radio. I said, man, that's pretty good. <laughs> you were pretty invested in this if you threw your phone after hearing the call on the radio. But after I got my sandwich, I said, please don't throw my sandwich. But after I got my sandwich and I was leaving, I was driving away and I started thinking, that young man, his priorities might not be too much in line. Might be off a little bit. Like if a football game, a team full of players that probably he's never met any of them, can affect your day to the point that you would be mad enough to throw something, specifically something as valuable as a cell phone, and break it. You might need a introspect. You need a little introspection, I think. I think coming off that game, coming off of last weekend, there was a lot of anger towards Marcus Williams, the, the young man who missed the tackle. So much so that he was getting threats. And I started thinking of the uproar around this. Do we as a, we as a culture may need a little, a little reprioritizing. Might be time for a little introspection. Because very plainly in the Old Testament, God asks in the Ten Commandments, the first commandment, He very plainly says, you shall love me as your God and I'm the only one. Very plain. Basically, God's saying, I reserve that top priority if you want to be my follower. My question, do we? Like, do we reserve our top priority in life for, for God, for the Lord? Oftentimes, we're quick to say, yeah, absolutely. Like, God than everything else, right? Well, I think also, 
that we give our time, which is one of our most valuable commodities, to those things that are the most important to us. So, if our relationship with God is our top priority, and we're quick to say yes to that, just a question for all of us to maybe reflect on. When I look at my last week, how much time did I spend in prayer? How much time did I spend communicating with God? If, it's, if your answer is, I was at daily Mass and I did this and I did that, and awesome. If your answer isn't, your resume to last past, this past week doesn't look as, as pretty, you see some gaps in there that you could have filled up, it's okay. But I think one of the things for us, especially in these readings today, that we can draw out is that God asked us to be His disciples. Like very plainly, He asked us to be His disciples. And we can give a plethora of excuses. We can give a ton of excuses and reasons why. Look, I'm not fit to be your disciple, Lord. Like, it, look, I understand that's for somebody else, but it's not for me. In our, in our gospel today, when Jesus calls his first apostles, right, we hear the names like Peter, James, John, and Andrew. We know they were part of the 12. They were part of the, the 12 apostles. They're depicted in our church. We hear those names and we think, man, these are like great guys. I'm not them. Like, look, Father, I understand what you're trying to get at, but like, that ain't me. I'm not one of those great guys. I'm not going to have my pictures in churches and stuff like that. No, that ain't me. I don't know my faith well enough. Like, I, like, I, I listened in catechism. I did it because my mom made me when I was little, but that's it. Or, uh, or I'm not charismatic enough to stand in front of a bunch of people and share and talk to people about my faith. I can't do that. Well, Jesus, when he was searching for these men, when he was searching for these first disciples, he could have easily have gone to Jerusalem to the temple and found the learned class that knew everything about their faith. He could have gotten the scribes, the Pharisees. He could have gotten all of these scholars of theology, of the Jewish temple, right? But he didn't. He could have gone to the political leaders that had all this power and influence and could give speeches that made crowds of people cheer but he didn't. When Jesus was looking for his first disciples, he was walking along the shore of a lake and found four fishermen. Normal, everyday guys. They may not have been the most learned. They may not have been the ones with the best resume of, of people that you would pick first. But these are the people that he called. That he pulled forth that he just asked very simply, follow me. And I think he extends that same thing to all of us today. In the seminary, we used to have a saying um, that still kind of makes its rounds, that God, God does not call the qualified. Rather, he qualifies the called. You and I, by virtue of our baptism, have been called to be disciples of our Lord, to follow him, to be formed by Him, but most of all, to fall in love with Him. 
Very simple. Look, Lord, it's not for me. It is. In our first reading, Jonah kind of, kind of depicts another excuse that may be possible, that may be present. Jonah, when we read the, re- the reading for today, the first reading, we hear about Jonah's success as a prophet. That he went to Nineveh, the city that had, they took three days to walk through. It's a massive city. And he, one man, one prophet, went through proclaiming the word of God and everyone in the city repented. Everyone from like the mayor, their leader in the city, to the smallest child. Everyone repented. If you think about that in our, like in our terms, that would be like one person walking through the middle of New York and the entire city repenting and coming back to God. That's pretty impressive. That's a pretty powerful prophet. But the interesting thing about Jonah in the part that we don't read from his letter is that Jonah didn't want to be a prophet. In fact, when God called him first, and asked him to come forward and to be that prophet, to be his voice to the nations, be his voice to Nineveh, Jonah ran away. Jonah was was reluctant from day one in following what it was that God had asked of him. But despite him being reluctant, despite him being hesitant, God still worked. I think it's another possible um, quote-unquote excuse that some of us come across. It's like, Lord, look, I, I understand, like, Father, look, I understand that, like, God's calling me to be a disciple, that's fine, but I like my life. Like, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. I gotta buy a new phone every time the Saints don't win the Super Bowl, which is yearly, but I, I'm good where I'm at. You know, I, 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 hey, I, I'm a hard worker. I, I, I spend 14 to 16 hours a day working. You know, I don't have, I give my family to leftovers if that, but I'm, I'm good where I'm at. See, another thing that we used to say is the enemy of the best is the good. God's not calling us to a good life. When God calls us to be his disciple, his plan for us is the best possible life that we can have. That may take some little bit of a reordering our priorities. But ultimately, God's calling us to the best. You see, everything, despite our excuses, despite the reasons why we shouldn't be those disciples, God still calls. God still continues to bring us closer and closer to himself. See this right now, and we've been hearing about it now for about two years, this whole idea of strategic planning in our diocese, making missionary disciples, all the little taglines that we have. Ultimately, it comes down to two things. The first is to know God better. To know and love God better in my life. And the second thing is to be bold enough to proclaim it. To be bold enough to to identify as a Christian and live it. And live it to its fullest capacity. We're disciples when we listen and we're missionaries when we go. That's all God's calling for. That's all God's asking of us. 
all the things that our diocese is doing right now with Facebook and trying to put things out there and, and the, the charts and everything else that we get and we see in the five and the nine and whatever, and if this sounds like Greek, I'm sorry, but with all of this stuff that we're trying to, to promote in our parishes, it ultimately comes down to two things. To being able to listen to God better, to love Him better, and to go out and live it. One of my best, one of the, my favorite parts of this, uh, of the March for Life that we just got back from. One of my favorite things. Like the march itself was beautiful. Like Friday, Friday was amazing, being with 600,000 people, hearing the president talk to the people that were present at the march, seeing uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, and all the sisters, and all the, the religious, and, and the, the beautiful spirit that was there. But it wasn't just some kind of political activism that we were doing. It wasn't just some kind of, uh, of demonstration. See, the trip, throughout the course of the trip, I was able to watch our young people that were on this trip, all 160 plus from the diocese, first open themselves up to God. First fall deeper in love with our Lord. That love made Friday so much more than just a protest. That love of God, that receiving of His light, became where we saw a witness. Our young people witnessed to the darkness of the, witness to the love of Christ, the light of Christ, in the darkness of the world. God's calling each one of us to do that in our day-to-day. God's calling each one of us to first receive, to first be that disciple, and then witness that light to the world around us. We don't have to go to Washington, D.C. We don't have to go on some kind of major pilgrimage. We can do it in our backyard. And every time we come to Mass and we receive communion, every time that we come and participate in the sacramental life of the church, this is exactly what we do. Like today, we're going to receive God first. Strengthening that bond of Him as our Master, us as the servant, Him as the teacher, us as the student, Him as the one who is to lead, and us as the disciple. We come to receive Him first. And then, if we're bold enough, we become missionaries when we heed the words of the final words of the Mass that say, Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Go. Go proclaim it to your families. Go proclaim it to your schools. Go proclaim it to your jobs. Go proclaim it to everyone you come in contact with. Be the Lord's presence in the world. This is what we're called to as Christians. This is what we're called to by virtue of our baptism. We're called to have our priorities straight. We're called to live boldly and loudly as those faithful witnesses of the Lord. If this is how we're living, we won't throw a phone against a wall for a football game. Our job will become a job and not something that is a hurdle to my responsibility as a husband or as a mother. I'll be, able, I'll be more equipped walking the halls of my school, high school, middle school, whatever, as I, as I try and live a life faithful to the Lord. This is what we're called to. 
to first be disciples, to receive from the Lord, receive that light, and then to show it boldly to those around us.